Running Sentences presents Ghost Sands Part 9 Fall of the Plains While angels and demons began fighting, things began falling apart between realms and planes. This story is written and narrated by Michael Henry. It is a work of fiction, so any names, characters, businesses, events, and situations within this story are products of the author's imagination. Any resemblance to real people, situations, characters, businesses, events, and or fictional businesses, characters, events, and or situations is purely coincidental. Copyright 2024, Michael Henry. All rights reserved. Bloody, beaten, and exhausted, Zevian lay on the floor of the cell with the agent, Mark, panting over him, standing just over him. The dirty, bloody knuckles of the agent barely made the skin show through. You really are lost, hmm? I don't have any memories of what is going on. Tell me about your house, then. What what about it? I don't know anything about it. In January, when you bought the place so many years ago, something happened as children began disappearing the exact next month. What happened? uh, The only thing that changed is I bought stuff to make the home feel like a house to me. What kind of stuff? It's the usual stuff to make a place home look nice and lived in. Appliances, TV, couches, paintings. And did you get any of that from funny people? Zevian took a moment to think long and hard about that. His memory was a bit sloppy about that period since it had been ages ago when so much had happened to him. And, well, nothing really stood out about any of it. Uh, forgive me for asking, but why do you care about the stuff in my house? What's it got to do with anything? What's it got to do with children disappearing? I need to sever the connection that is ongoing between two planes of existence. It will allow me to save this world from the madness of demons. Now, where did you pick up those items, mister? Confusion reigned supreme on Zevian's mind, as things came and went, but no great memories of purchasing things was there. The idea of realms and planes of existence were all really weird, and they were taking out most of his mind, and they were sort of out of the world. It was just, it didn't make sense. This was all some sort of grand conspiracy, maybe, that he would never understand, and he figured it was best to pretend that none of it was going on. I probably bought it from some cheap shop that no longer exists. Honestly, that is the best I can do for you. I still don't get any of this. Good. Keep it that way. I don't need you anymore. The agent stepped over and with a heavy fist swung down on Zevian's face. There was no time to react, and for the moment he saw stars before the fist even reached him, and then blackness. Brooding about was never Malthus's way of doing things. This was what he was doing, though, lately wandering about in his cave as more rumbles shook the ground. His mining expedition was falling down around his head, and he hated it. That he'd been feeling off for... 
We couldn't tell exactly when he'd started it, but it was around and just in the back of his mind as he'd been told by his subordinates. Old lover, old enemy, ex-lover, what have you been up to? Malfast turned to his little secret escape tunnel to see the familiar large shape of Rosa making her way in. What are you doing here? I sent someone in to warn you about what is going on, and I came to check on what was going on, since I never heard back from them. I don't believe you know anything about my operation here, or what you're up to. I don't know what you're up to, but uh, it, it isn't going to work. It is and isn't about the mine, fool. Someone is out to eliminate you, which means death for you if they find you. Nothing can kill me. Well, no, not if they're not as powerful as you, but uh, another demon or even an angel managing to cross over? They would do whatever they want, and what would you do then? Moving about, Malfast tried to face his former lover, studying her sudden appearance. The move, though, made his stomach lurch about, and his vision swirled in a couple of different directions. I've done nothing to deserve any attention from anybody else. Yet you're sick-looking, and you won't leave your already ruined work. Everyone can feel the earthquakes shaking this operation. It isn't ruined. You have no proof of ruination or that I'm sick. You're probably the one behind it all if that was true in the first place. Things kept spinning and spinning, though, and soon he couldn't keep up at all. Shutting his eyes didn't help, as it made him feel sleepy and out of it. Then, when he went to open his eyes, they refused to do so, and things started feeling darkly quiet around him. With a crash, Bart smacked into the door, which busted open, and spilled out into the surgery ward area. His momentum carried him against the desk, knocking into it with quite a force which sent whatever was on top of it scattering to the ground. Excuse me, sir, what do you think you're doing? He barely heard her since the hands of a ghostly figure were trying to grab at his neck. As best he could, he was trying to grab the wisps of material that made up this figure, but wasn't having any luck since it was ethereal and it was managing to pin him up against the desk. Sir! Have you ever seen a ghost kill someone before? It shall be grand. What are you talking about, sir? What? what With smoky hands now around his throat, Bart had his head turned to face the nurse. That wasn't me talking. Then who was it? The ghost who wants to grab a body. Disbelief in the face of the young nurse said that she didn't think he was sane as she reached for a nearby phone. Bart shut his eyes for a moment. Do you need help, Bart? All you have to do is let me go and this will be a fight. You have to do it, by the way. Fighting a ghost in this form is not possible. He fought back the urge to let Jester take over, but the lack of oxygen made that thought slip away. A surge of strength followed as he grabbed a hold of the figure, strangling him. Apologies for waiting, ghost, but things needed to be rearranged. Hello, by the way. Who are you? A friendly, not-so-nice creature. 
Jester swung his fist upward, cracking into the invisible face of Book. The blow stunned the ghost, who let go and gave Bart the chance to jump up, holding his neck, although it was Jester who turned into the nurse who was now frozen in place, trying to understand what was going on. Nurse, this is a fight between a demon and a holy person. Uh, you can't see the demon ghost, but it is there. And uh, I'd advise you to evacuate this area at once, because it's going to get messy. Book, having recovered, jumped at Bart, tackling him to the floor, which was followed by several punches towards his face. What is even going on here? Leaning over the counter, the nurse could see what looked like fist prints hitting at Bart's face. Interfere with me, will you, and my need to get a body? How dare you? Oh, Mr. Ghost, you're wasting your time, is more like it. How long do you think a ghost can survive out in this world? The fact that the punches were already feeling weaker made Jester smile, and he pushed at the ghostly figure on him. Caught off guard, Book found himself toppled over, but was only down for a second. You know nothing! Well, you can claim that, or you can help me. Tell me why you're here, and I will help you stay around. The ghost had solidified a little more to a humanoid shape instead of a wispy one, which then made him visible. Ghost! They ignored the nurse, who was running off his gesture, forced Bart's body to get back up. Why would I want that? I can survive perfectly well on my own. I don't need the help of some sort of cross between a human and a demon or an angel or whatever. Not so sure about that. You already look like you're fading to me, and you just took that form. A second later, there was a loud crack, and something hit the ghostly shape. In an instant, it evaporated and was gone. No, damn it! Apologies, but I think you owe me thanks, for not a scream of frustration. Jester, though, had begun to fade away, allowing Bart to half-resume his body. He looked over to the man holding a gun, a weird-looking one that was rather bulky and revolver-shaped. Who are you? Agent Mark. Federal Agent Mark, by the way. Oh, one of the special agents not talked about by the group who are looking into the supernatural? Oh, you could say that, and how do you know that, sir? Your gun says that. Its aim then shifted towards Bart with a grin. So it does, and you are? The name's Bart. No need for a last name since it tends to get in the way. I work for the people who look into matters that seem odd and or... Well, let's just leave it at that, shall we? The gun aimed down a little bit as Mark took a few steps forward with an attempt at an amiable expression on his face. So you're one of them, then? Yes, I am. Have been for several years. Never met the likes of you, though. Oh, I keep in the shadows. No need to make myself known. That's funny. I've seen a lot of your type, and most don't stick into the shadows. What was that creature, by the way? Friendly? Unfriendly? What was it? Mark had made his way over and kicked at the sort of shadowy shape that was on the ground in a dusty form. But when his shoe met the area, it simply pushed away and the dust soon was just a dirt smudge. Ghost was trying to answer some questions for me and 
likely a demon trying to take over a body. Interesting, and why would they do that, take over? I don't know now. You did something to make them go away? Well, that's unfortunate for us then, isn't it? But there is some more pressing matters to attend to. I heard that someone, an investigator who had been shot, was potentially working on this case and wound up here. Bart eyed the man who was acting all too slick and too smooth. There was also that factor of the strange gun that hadn't really strained from aiming at him. I don't know anything about that. Then what are you doing here, sir? Uh, chasing a lead that bled to a ghost. I don't believe you. Bart shook his head. Well, that's your choice. He then began moving past him, he walked down the hallway and out of here. There was nothing he could do at the moment here, and anything he did would be watched by that agent. He was smart enough to keep an eye on Mark as he passed by him, the gun trained and following his every step of the way, but it was never fired. Opening her eyes, Laura found herself staring at the ceiling of the hospital. She at least assumed that's what it might be. The last thing she fully remembered was being in the car and guns going off, with that sort of vague out-of-body experience above her body there, but not completely there. Around her, machines were beeping and making noises that forced her to concentrate on her surroundings, and the figure leaning against some cabinets in the room. He looked somewhat familiar to her, but he wasn't sure. You're awake. Barely, you are. I work for the government, who look into the same things that you apparently do. No need for your name right now. Since it might overload your mind or something, I wanted to ask you about what happened to you, though. I was shot by guards. Well, yes, I know that. Why were you shot by the guards? They didn't take aim with their weapons carefully enough when they were shooting at something they thought they could hit. The agent began approaching her, playing with something in his hand. It looked like a keychain, with the way it kept circling around his finger, but she wasn't entirely sure of that, since it was going very, very quickly. That is the excuse you're going with? I know for a fact that you're involved in a case investigating supernatural things, dangerous things that would throw the balance of power out of whack of these worlds. Good for you. I was shot by exuberant guards who didn't stop to question what they were doing. I need to know why the case Stolen Children was taken up by your investigative team. Who sent you to this task? As she did her best to sit up, this would set off a few machines which were unhappy with this. They began to beep angrily, which this agent waved his hand at and silenced them. It was exactly what she thought was going to happen, since this creature in front of her did not feel right. I don't know. How is that possible? I'm sure you do know. You're not going to take me for a fool. My job comes through phone calls. The paperwork sent via mail or email. It all happens without a single meeting with the boss person I get to call. Boss, and I get paid by, but uh... The company has a name and everything, but uh, I don't really know anything. Why would someone go and do a job that way? Well, it's rather convenient to me. 
makes my life so much easier to deal with when I don't have to worry about a boss looking over my shoulder. And, you know, I'm free reign to do things how I wish. The agent was now right next to her bed, and this, this thing being held in his hand seemed to have a bit of a point to it. A jagged prick of a needle-like thing. She was ready for that, though, having weaseled out one of the needles that had been stuck into her arm. And your partner? They've just abandoned you here to your fate. Oh, I doubt that, and it seems you're more well-informed for someone who's trying to question and figure things out. I know things, of course I know things. I wouldn't come and question a person if I didn't know things. At dome. I will point out, I did see them fleeing earlier after fighting some invisible creature in a hallway just outside. It was quite the sight to actually see. And I saved them, and then they ran away. There was a thin line of sweat coming from this man that was covering his face. He seemed unsteady and about ready to do something stupid. You are a terrible liar, sir. And what are you, since I can tell you're not human? You're not like me. I'm not a demon, if that's what you're asking. Like those creatures. <sighs> so terrible. You know that isn't what I asked. The thing in the man's hand stabbed downward towards her, and she twisted her legs to try and avoid it, all while stabbing forward herself with the needle filled with some sort of medicine, or maybe it was a saline solution. Neither met their intended target as Laura found herself rolling out of the bed onto her feet to get away. Every part of her felt like it screamed in frustration as it stretched to work properly and, well, wasn't happy. Naughty, naughty. Now I'll have to use something bigger to get rid of you. A gun appeared in the hand of the man, and she almost ducked, but paused. It was such an odd-looking piece in how oversized it was. Nothing about it made it look like it should work. And what the fuck is that? My weapon of choice for getting rid of annoying creatures. If you'd be so kind as to say goodbye to this world, I'm sure you won't miss it much. As the gun leveled at her, it barked, sending flashes of white light everywhere. Sheriff Franks was sat in his office, where he had huddled away ever since running away from the jail cells. He didn't know if those two had escaped or not, but he'd locked the doors to double make sure it was safe. And even though he wasn't a smoker, he found a pack from somewhere and had taken to smoking the damn things to try and get himself to calm down. There was no one to call to help sort this out, and uh, with every officer still out searching, and no one would probably listen to him. He jumped at the sound of a knock on his door. Who is it? Uh, it's Douglas, sir. I was hoping to have a chat. What about? The way I've been acting the past few days. With a grunt, the sheriff got up from his seat and went over to the door. He undid the lock, but kept his boot against the door to keep it from opening too much. What's wrong with the way you've been acting, hmm, officer? I, I feel like I've had this hazy fog lifted from my mind when it came to a woman. There was, there was definitely something supernatural about her. The, you know, you're around her, even. You know, the one we brought in because of the, the, the preacher and all that. Deciding that that was good enough, he opened the door a bit further. Standing outside the hospital, Bart frowned at himself. He'd left and now regretted it since Laura was in there, and his job was to protect her while investigating things, 
But to go back in when everyone was probably looking for him because of that weird fight? Sir. Bart turned to his right to see a man holding a badge up towards him. Another federal agent of some sort with a slick suit and a face that gave nothing away in its stone coldness. Can I help you? My name is Colby Brown, and as you saw, I work with the government. I'm investigating some strange things that have been going on around here. I don't know if I could help you, but uh, what can I offer you? You work for the Brookfire Agency, correct? To that, Bart had to raise an eyebrow. Someone well-informed and who actually knew who his employer was. That made this conversation take a dangerous edge that he didn't want to deal with. I've potentially done some work with them, yes. And you're looking into the case of Xavier and the kidnappings. Again, this man, this agent, was far too well informed to be a no one. Bart didn't recognize him though, and the blank expression of his face wasn't helping put together this puzzle of what was going on. I've done some work on that, yes. Why? And who exactly are you? I'm the head of the department that looks into supernatural affairs and crimes that have been committed by creatures unexplained. And what does my investigation have to do with you, sir? It attracted the attention of one of my agents who's now gone a bit mad. Bart immediately looked back at the hospital. Well, if you're trying to track him down, I believe he's inside. But I should warn you, I don't think he's actually human. Is he one of you? The agent asked. Uh, you mean otherworldly? Then I suspect yes, that he is from some other realm, plane of existence, whatever it is. Though if you mean working for Brookfire, that I do not think so, but I wouldn't put it past the boss. Who even is your boss, Mr. Bart? That, Bart could only shrug at. He'd only ever talked to the voice of his boss over the phone. That or emails sent to him whenever papers needed to be processed. Listen, your man is potentially inside. We should go deal with him first, right? Then we can figure out the boss thing later. And, and you know about cracking into your investigation into the agency I work for or have done work for. With a curt nod, Agent Colby pulled out one of the weird-looking guns that was similar to the one that Agent Mark had. It was then pointed towards Bart. If you don't mind, I don't trust your type not to try something. Rolling his eyes, Bart charged back into the hospital, hoping nothing had happened. The only accompanying thing that Ralph had was the sound of dripping water. It was constant, and always sounded close to his ear. He swatted at the noise, trying to get it to go away, but having forgotten that he wasn't fully bodied, as a result, his hand, sometimes, went through his head. He still felt it, though, in its weirdness. There was a sensation of something going through him whenever he did it. This is all so stupid. Who are you talking to? The soft-sounding whisper of a voice made him jump for a moment and swirl about to try and locate it. In this darkness, though, as heavy as it was, it was impossible to see anything, so he questioned himself on what he was trying to accomplish when he'd done that. Is someone there? Always here, always lost, always something. 
Oh, okay. Do you know a way to get out of here, voice? To the pits you must go. Oh, great. Yes, where is that? I don't know. How is that remotely helpful right after you gave me an answer? I know what is down may be an answer for you. The answers, both cryptic and not, only serve to annoy Ralph, who stomped a few steps this way and that. He stopped, though, since his feet felt like they were slipping off the path when taking steps in either direction. Unable to see much, he felt like he couldn't trust anything anymore. Can you see in this stuff, ghost voice? A gist of what is in front of me and behind me. Also to the right and left, but it all fades away. Where are you, ghost? Behind you. Well then, tell me what is in front of me or behind me. He waited a moment, mostly to allow himself to collect his own thoughts. The last thing Ralph wanted was to act out when there was potentially help nearby. And since he'd already chased off his first helper, being at least a little nice seemed like a good idea. All I can see is that you are on a narrow path that has deep caverns to either side. And the answer to getting out of here lies down, right? The thought of intentionally stepping off a narrow ledge had Ralph's heart racing. It was both exciting and scary with the unknown of it all before him. All that was required was a little luck, and potentially that was the right answer. I am not entirely sure, but it is the only answer I've found. You may never be heard from again. Down is where no creature ever returns from. And, to be clear, have you ever met any creatures beside the demon thing that grated you? One or two of them. But they always go their own way after a few minutes. And they go down? Of that I am not certain. Ralph did not want to waste any more time, since he needed to get out of here. So, with a deep breath, he took a step to his left. His foot meant nothing, and the sinking sensation overwhelmed him, as he suddenly and harshly pitched forward. Blinking at the harsh sunlight, Book felt a sudden breeze and dusty sand kick up around him. Reeling from what had occurred and the pain that had overtaken his body, he took his time gathering himself. It was the sight of little kids running here and there with buckets of sand that made him realize where he might be. You there! One of the kids with shocked and scared expression looked over at him. Come here. I don't want to. You don't have a choice. I have power here. Getting to his feet, Book tried to look as scary as possible while looking over himself. For some strange reason, he didn't have his twisted form he was so used to. His body seemed human, almost-esque, and a bit smaller than he was used to. Who are you? The demon book will haunt you if you don't answer me. You don't look like a demon. Yes, well, something is terribly wrong right now, but I am who I claim I am. The child uh, took a look beyond him and then ran off away from him. The sound of crunching sand behind him made book turn to see a large demon towering above him. Hello? Hi? painted mask of black and white covered the face that came down, 
to the newer, smaller level which Book stood at. I see a soul who has been lost and trapped. Right, exactly. I don't belong in this body. I, I, I think I'm in the wrong place. Good. Work it off and I will free you. Nothing here comes for free. Work, demon. If that is a demon inside you, like your life depends upon it, because it does. Book felt frozen in place, unable to react to what it was being said. Work? As a child? This wasn't going to do at all. Yet also, he felt himself compelled to move and follow this masked figure's orders. The tunnel he went into was as dark as any he'd been in, but now, with the vision of a human, it was hard and close to impossible to see. Book kept tripping on rocks and slippery dirt down here, and it only got worse the further and further down they went. Where, where am I? The lands of lost dirt and rock. Wait, what? I, I, I came just from sand. I am a demon of sand. The realm of sand, you say? I don't know if that's what it's called, but it was filled with red sand, and we were trying to mine into the realm of humans. What are, what are you doing here? How are you here? <laughs> we're doing the same thing you are, trying to find a way back. This was not welcomed by Book, who tried his best to reconcile what it meant. If this realm hadn't yet connected, or broken through, how had he gotten here? He'd heard some stories about it. It was a place lost to time, but uh, his thoughts were interrupted when a light suddenly cast about the space, and he found himself in a massive cavern that came to an end at a giant wall that looked to be dark stone material, one that the children worked on but seemed to get nowhere with their work, as they just clinked against the rock with little effect. Let me get this straight, demon. You haven't gotten through to the other realms yet. You have workers. Oh, things will drop through on time to time. What we find, we use. And we use to improve our world. But you know of the other realms, right? Oh, yes, from the likes of uh, yourself, who drop through. Mostly, we are cut off from others. Now it is time for you to get to work, though. A pickaxe was shoved into hands by a kid who then dragged him towards the wall to work. Having managed to drag himself out of his cave, Malfas collapsed onto the sand that was swirling around, threatening to turn into a storm. He could barely pay any attention to that as his mind swam about, unable to concentrate even on the simplest of things, though it seemed the fuzziness was now beginning to lift. I told you that place was bad for you. He grunted in response to Rosa, rolled around on the sand, trying to get some feeling back into his slug form. You say lots of things. And most of it comes true, yet you lie there and still think you know best. I have a mind, and an ongoing thing. Well, yes, you had that, but the times have changed, and your operation is being stopped by some other demon. Well, then tell me who. 
if I knew that, I would have already said it and I would have already done my job and gotten that demon to stop. I'm saying I don't know who is doing it, merely that it is happening because it happened to me once. I had originally thought it was you who ruined me, but after some time it's clear that things aren't so simple. Malfast rose as best he could from the sand, looking over at his once love, Rosa, who was still as elegant as ever, even if she loved to shift her shape into something more humanoid. Why would I have done that? You mean trying to ruin me? We just ended our relationship. He grunted in reply and looked over the emergency exit of the mine. There appeared to be a lot of sandy dust coming out of there. It could only mean that something had happened to it and his life's work might now be finished. Who could cause such a thing? That's the thing. While I originally kept suspecting that it was a fellow demon doing it, but... Well, yeah, what is it? Tell me. It felt like it wasn't one of us, even though we love to do that kind of thing. You mean an outsider? An outside source? Who could even get here? And why would they even come? Oh, figure it out already, Malfas. It doesn't take much, and there is perhaps only one such creature who might be able to get through without much fuss. He took a moment. Angels. The word was spit and snarled into the air as the sandstorm caked the area. Panic went through Laura as she moved as quickly as she could to get away from this figure. However, every step she made, he seemed to be a step just behind her, taunting her. The gunshots he'd purposefully seemed to have missed, grazing and coming close to her but not actually hitting her. Out they'd spilled from the bedroom area into the nurse's station and then down a hallway. Eventually out into the main lobby of this place, all of which had gone quiet. Laura wasn't sure, but it felt like they were almost on a different time space since she couldn't see anyone, yet it should be a busy place. Not that she had time to really look about. Every second move she made felt like it was an opening her up to an attack. I have done nothing to you. You're in the way of my work. What work? I'm not about to divulge my secrets, dear lady. I'm not a stupid villain like your movies. That would be a mistake, and I don't make those. Stop there, Agent Mark. You will take this no further. In a clatter of a stop, what had felt like slow molasses of time, with no one in it but Laura and Mark, then collapsed. The world went into a busy state, with plenty of screams from people all around. Laura felt like she was about to collapse and grabbed a nearby desk to study herself and found Bart helping her. Did the fun police finally arrive and realize I am a bad person? Yes, we did. We always knew that. Now get off this plane of existence. Agent Colby fired at Mark but the man simply vanished from the sight, and Bart walked with narrowed eyes, trying to pick out the traces of the agent. 
It felt different from when the ghost had been sent away, and it sort of reminded him of his own defensive efforts. End of Part 9 of Ghost Sands Thank you for listening.